Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda Series. Joining you at 9.30am Monday to Friday. I'm joined by Chris. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. Hope you are too. And uh, good morning to everyone tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. Apologies, as Manu's already pointed out in the chat box. Hope the technology is, is you know, good because I've been having a couple of connection issues. So apologies if you do hear a little bit of crackling or dipping out. But I've got Chris on hand this time to uh, to sort out just in case things do uh, go out the pipe work. Let's, uh, let's crack on, though, with our first story, Chris, which is an interesting one because I don't know if you saw, but Per Mertesacker has been speaking about Arsenal's transfer uh, kind of history and the way in which they've done things over the last uh, year or so and he said that we are in a state of upheaval and are building a team capable of development which should be pe uh, peppered with kind of players from our own youth and professionals from abroad and in the meantime we had lost our way we tried to make the connection to the top faster with costly commitments and investments and we fell on our face with that I think obviously referencing the likes of Willian and David Luiz Cedric players that were kind of signed to to do things immediately what do you make of those comments and and do you think it's a positive for the future uh, look i think it, it's a case of arsenal learning from their mistakes and it's obviously uh, the main positive to take away from from you know from our uh, per matter quotes and the recent trans transfer business that we've done um per matter said it himself sort of the club tried to sort of make up for falling behind a little bit at times and spent big money. We, we obviously, obviously I don't want to pick out specific names, but obviously when you look at previous business done, the Nicolas Pepe deal, just as an example, 72 million pounds, um, a lot of money spent on a player who perhaps hasn't um, sort of reflected that price tag. Uh, if, if I can say that, you know, I think, um, it's we've known, haven't we, as Arsenal fans for a long time, that the, the transfer business over the last few years in particular hasn't been good enough. There'll be times where we do sign um, a very good player on the odd occasion, but then the rest don't sort of follow in the same direction, don't have a similar impact. Um, and that's a lot of money just gone down, down the drain, just like that. Um, and we've got to obviously remember that we are a club uh, now out of, Europe altogether. We've been a club over the last few years um, that, you know, ha has been without the Champions League as well. So that obviously impacts um, the financial side of things uh, on its own. So we've needed to be more clever, be more flexible, be more open to, to different scenarios in the transfer market uh, and the business that we do. I think um, in terms of, you know, getting players through the door that improved massively in the summer um, and in terms of the quality that we've been able to be, bring in and we all, we all said at the time didn't we that oh blimey all the players that we're signing 20, age 23 years old or younger um, they're coming from sort of all different directions from abroad some are coming from from within the, the UK as well such as Ramsdale and, and Ben White Um but they were intriguing deals. They were interesting deals, probably ones that we wouldn't have looked at before, for example. Um, and there was a clear change that we've all been speaking about this. Um, and we've, we've, we've touched on, on, on here before, haven't we TC about the, the change in transfer strategy and the, the process that the club is, is now using to identify players and, and sign them and, 
the type of characters Arteta has often spoke about Ramsdale's character for example he brings something different he's passionate he's uh he's someone who gives 110 percent you know these are characters these are profiles that the club wants to bring in a lot more now we've seen you know most recently with former club captain Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for example he's 32 years old yet he's had several disciplinary breaches and he's sort of letting the side down a little bit and you know players such as Ben White and Odegaard and Aaron Ramsdale you would probably never have to associate anything like that with them in the future and and already in their their careers and they're still already quite young so I think with uh, Per Mertesacker's quotes and, you know, um, the quotes that have already come out around Arsenal over the summer, there's been a clear sort of review of the transfer strategy. We knew we weren't really moving forward and making any significant progress with what we already were doing over the last few years. And really, when you look at the results and how the seasons have gone, um, that would only back that up. So it's refreshing to hear Mertesacker come up with these these quotes. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully it's a process that we can continue with uh, going forward because it certainly worked well so far this, this summer. I think that one of the big key takeaways is I think it's... Uh... It's a step away from being a bit arrogant, I think, sometimes from, from the transfer strategy. I think there's, uh, if you look back with the way that Arsenal have signed players in the past, like your Willians, your Cedrics, etc., that kind of, you know, are, are, are passing their peak and they feel like they're going to give them an immediate impact. And instead of maybe being a little bit clever, a bit patient in the market, signing players of a younger age profile that could develop into these world-class talents like we're seeing now with what we've done in the previous summer window, I think we did, as Per Metazaka said, lost our way a bit um, with what we wanted to do. And I think we may be panicked by seeing how much Chelsea spent in 2020, seeing the continual investment by Manchester City, seeing kind of how Liverpool have, have risen through doing it the way that we should have been doing it the entire time, which by being smart in the market and spending cleverly on players like Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah and, you know, and bringing in through players as well that have, have like Trent Alexander-Arnold and putting him into the first team, making some more astute signings like Andrew Robertson from Hull City. And we weren't really doing that enough. But I think that you look at the last two summer windows in particular, the six signings we made this year, you've got a couple of youngsters there like Tavares and uh, and Laconga that were thought of as kind of depth options that could develop into starters. You've got a player like Ben White that comes straight into the team and improves things. Erdogan, we know what he was capable of and he's really kind of unlocked that next level in his career this season. So I think that what we've seen is a, is an improvement, isn't it, on kind of the on the way in which we're approaching the transfer window. It's just now about sales, and like we're going to need to be able to sell players effectively. And you know, we could end up having a January window where we see where we should see more players leaving than coming in because we've got quite a lot of you know in in the most respectful way deadwood that we do need to to move out the club, but. The players that could come in, Chris, and how we then approach the January market in the same way that we've approached previous markets is that there's two positions in particular that you look at and go, we need to strengthen, which is central midfield and striker. And the striker position is interesting because obviously Arsenal have been linked to the likes of Vlaovic. They've been linked with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, with Oli Watkins, Alexander Rizak, players that we know are going to be costly and that might not really be available in that January window. So when you see links to players like Luka Jovic, for instance, which has cropped up yesterday, bringing on a player or bringing in a player on for kind of a six-month loan situation so you can then kind of reassess in the summer is probably the right way about going about that striker situation. 
Yeah, I think you're probably right there, TC. You know, you said it yourself just then. That touched on how difficult operating in the winter window can be. You know, it, it, there's two sort of main factors, isn't there? Clubs aren't as keen to sort of let their key assets go halfway through the season, which you can understand. And players also aren't always uh, as keen to move during the season as well. They might be having a good season at their their parent club, might be uh, in good form. And then uh, all of a sudden, that can you know change um, if you if you um, got got interest being shown in, in you. So um, it will be tricky, and I think especially the, the the striker position for Arsenal, we know it's a an area where we want to sort of upgrade um, sooner rather than later. Um, I think when you put aside the the, the situations with Bamiyang, Lacazette, and Ketch, I think it's a situation um, an area where we already should be looking to upgrade um, but of course the the contract situations and the, the Aubameyang um, uh, situation as well has only sort of really uh, lifted the urgency and strengthened the urgency to, to find a, a solution to everything um, quite quickly um, but it's it, it's, a, it's an interesting situation because of those those different um dilemmas that we have with, with with the players but also because Arsenal find themselves in the top four um, and we're in a really good position now uh, it, again it it's left us um, in a position where we must continue strengthening the, the the squad in my opinion to to boost our chances to boost our hopes of finishing the season strongly um, uh, whether or not that's Edu and Arteta's uh, view on things as well. We, we don't know. Um, Arteta hasn't given an awful lot away in terms of what the club plans to do uh, in January. So I, I think it's going to be difficult to, you know, as we said a moment ago, get our perfect or dream signing through the door. I genuinely don't think that will happen next month. And we, we're probably going to be talking about that a lot more uh, next summer. But, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of um, ifs and buts, I think, next month. Um, does Lacazette receive a, a, a contract offer from elsewhere? We, we know that they're going to be free to speak to, to, to new clubs. Um, mm. It's the same with Nketiah as well. Um, will we receive an offer for him or are they both going to just want to run down their contracts until the summer? Are Barcelona or Juventus or Milan going to come in for a Bamiang? You know, there's there's lots of different scenarios that could really change our plans. I feel I don't, as it stands, with Lacazette um, and Ketia, a Bamiang still here. We've obviously got Balogun as well, who we understand. Football London understands. Uh, Arsenal's correspondent Chris Wheatley um, understands that he'll be um, uh, subject to plenty of loan interest and could be available for loan as well. So, you know, as it stands, I don't think we're pursuing a striker personally, in my opinion, um, mm. as a priority because we've already got uh, several options still at the club and, you know, there's there's nothing imminent with any of them at the moment. So, um, you know, I, I would just assume that our priority, if any anything in the next month, will be a central midfielder. Obviously, um, again, London understands that um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles is sort of closing in on that move to AS Roma. There's serious talks being held there. 
Um, so that only seems like a matter of time, doesn't it? That's, a, again, a central midfield um, slash fullback option out the door. He's versatile, isn't he, Ainsley? And um, he's a big talent. He's he's filled the void on several occasions. Again, he's, he's someone who, who hasn't um, received plenty of game time, but there's probably off-the-field reasons for that. Um, we know he was desperate to leave in the summer and that Instagram post probably divided opinion a little bit within the walls of London Colney. <laughs> um, so, you know, Thomas Partey, Mohamed Elneny going off to the Africa Cup of Nations as well. I think central midfield has got to be viewed as the priority over a striker next month anyway, because I can't see, you know, all of Aubameyang, Lacazette and Ketia leaving all at once. So, um, uh, you know, there's there's things to be done absolutely and those two areas in particular must be you know high up on the list but i can only really see us um sorting one of them out next month if i'm being honest uh Kemi says uh, arsenal are good in their business but the last few years it's been terrible our last ever player to bring profit to the club was oxlade chamberlain i mean you could argue that players like awobi and willock have brought profit because we didn't spend anything on them we developed them but in regards to players that we've bought and then sold on like we haven't really been able to to make a profit on those players i mean you look at kalasanach we bought him in for free he could end up leaving for free, even though he's not playing, which isn't good enough. Like we need to make sure that we, when we move players on, that we're making a profit on one, especially the ones that we've we've brought in. And otherwise, especially players that aren't necessarily playing week in, week out, David Luiz, for instance, like you lose him for free, Alexandre Lacazette, 50 million pounds we invested in him and could be going for nothing. And I mean, have we arguably seen 50 million pounds worth of return over his contract? I don't think we have. So I think it's going to be one that Edu has got a huge task to try and turn around. I appreciate all the positives that he's done in regards to bringing players in. But yes, it's it's about how we sell those players that's going to be really, really key moving forward. Um, let's move the conversation towards Manchester City um, because I know that Tommy Asu is... And it's something that I know a lot of the fans are concerned about. Now, the latest information that we have is that based upon the images surfacing from the Arsenal training ground is that he's still not present in first team training, which is not the best uh, when you consider that we've got the, the toughest side in the league, arguably the world, to face on Saturday afternoon. So, Chris, how much of a blow is it going to be and how confident are you that we have the personnel based on what we know of availability? Because we've not had an update yet on the squad. But how confident are you that we can, you know, replace him well enough in the team? Well, it's it's a tricky one. I think, obviously, if Tommy Asu is unavailable, it's a big blow because he's been absolutely fantastic for us this season. Um, and without him, I'm not as confident um, in terms of how we're going to deal um, at the, you know, with, with City's front line at the back and obviously in that right back area in particular. I think Ben White, you know, he, he played there against Norwich and he'd done a, a good job. He, he has played there before on, on several occasions. So he has the experience um, and, you know, he's more than capable of, of filling that void there. But again, I'm, I'm not as confident with him there as I would have been Tommy Asu. He's a natural right back. You know, he's, He's a hard worker, he's quick, he's strong um, and, and obviously quite composed defensively as well. There's been one or two moments this season, don't get me wrong, I think overall Ben White's been brilliant and as the season's progressed, he's got stronger and stronger, found his feet a little bit more. Um, but there has been one or two um, moments where he's maybe just lacked concentration a little bit. 
and you know that's in his center center back role is his favored position so he's going to have to be even more switched on at full back if he was to to play there again as he did against Norwich um and uh, you know he's going to he's going to have a um you know i would imagine a tricky try, a tricky time dealing with some of those those forwards whether it's Jack Grealish Sterling Mares Bernardo Silva there's so much talent, isn't there? <laughs> it's a joke, I just, isn't it, really? <laughs> well, as I read out those names and finished, I thought, blimey, it doesn't really matter who he's, you know, who who starts for them and who he's going to be facing, um, or whoever the back line will be facing. It's it's going to be a really really tough task and going to have to be switched on right from the very off. Um, keep our shape. Um, commu- communication's got to be key. Um, no silly errors. We can't do that in the Premier League, let alone against Manchester City. So mm. um it, it, it will be tough for whoever whoever plays there, you know, you know if if we're thinking about dealing with the the, the pace and um the tri- trickery that the the forward forwards bring with Manchester City then we might opt for a, a pacier option, maybe Tavares starts at right back or right wing back, you don't know. So um it'll be interesting, but I would imagine based on, you know, just the experience within the squad and Obviously, the previous lineup as well. It, it might be something similar to what we saw against against Norwich. But again, Tom, I think it reiterates, doesn't it, that you know when Tommy Asu's injured, we perhaps haven't got sufficient backups um, yeah. um, to to fill that that void. So it's something again that we might have to look at in in the upcoming transfer windows. Yeah, it is, and I think that with Manchester City. I, I, we saw it last night with the Brentford game. They only won one nil, and I know that they played a very changed team. I mean, on the bench, I don't think they made a single sub during the game. I didn't think they needed to. Uh, I think Guardiola was was tactically preparing his side for the Arsenal game. I mean, Sterling was on the bench, Gundogan, Zinchenko, Mares, all didn't come off the bench, uh, and they'll have them all available for the game on Saturday. But you have to think that. If you get a chance against City, you have to score. And Brentford had a couple of chances in the game and they didn't take them. And that's the difference between, I suppose, the Leicester game where they won 6-3, but they were 4-0 up and it went back to 4-3 because Leicester created three chances and scored them all. And you can get chances against City, but it's taking them that's so key. And now I do have the confidence to ask Nora side that can take the chances they're creating. Saka and Smith Rowe and Erdegaard and Martinelli and Lacazette are in good form. Like we're not looking, we're not two months ago where we were wondering where goals are going to come from or we weren't creating enough high quality chances. That has changed, but it is going to be about the creation against a side that love to dominate the ball. That it's really tricky to get the ball from. But hopefully what we're going to see is a Man City side that are obviously maybe without the likes of Rodri. I don't think Carl Walker's going to be available. Uh, there's still some questions about those guys. Rodri is a huge loss for them because he kind of controls things in the middle of the park. But then they can bring in Gundogan. They've got Fernandinho if they need him. So Kevin De Bruyne, of course, which although started last night, will probably be starting the next game too and has found some form in himself recently, scoring a few goals. So we know how good they're going to be. Um, so if they're if those key cogs of the machine are gone, uh, that could be a little bit of an in for us. But again, we don't know if in the next two days, based upon Arteta's positive test return, that there could be further positive cases for Arsenal because as the manager, you are in and around the squad, you're shaking hands, you're, you're hugging players at the end of the game, and and we know from our all of our own experience over the last nearly two years of being in this pandemic that that it can spread incredibly easier, and especially with this new variant that spreads even easier. 
we're going to find that there could be some some bad news in the coming days. Fingers crossed there isn't, but I'd, I'd, I for one be shocked if there isn't any more cases that, that come through. Um, in regards to how you kind of deal with City, Chris, I know I've been speaking about taking chances, but do you have the confidence that there are players in the squad now that are of a performing of a level that gives you confidence we can go into this game trying to get something? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I guess I felt the same way going into that Liverpool game, though, which I, I think is the only thing that concerns me. Um, you know, back at Anfield a few weeks ago, um, I was a lot more confident going into that than I would have been previously. We were in good form, um, the, t- the team playing well, yet we, you know, again, we made errors um, that we just can't afford to do, like I said, in the Premier League at all, but let alone a quality side such as Liverpool and the, the same goes for, for Manchester City on Saturday. Um, but again, obviously there's been a few, few tweaks, obviously Granit Xhaka is back, Gabriel Martinelli's come back into the team and he's, he's done brilliantly. Um, so there's a, you know, again, their, their, their boosts, um, their bonuses. Uh, Gabriel has been immense for me at the back there. Ramsdale, we know we're a bit more assured with him in goal as well. It could have been a lot more at Anfield, couldn't it, if it wasn't for for Ramsdale as well, thinking back to that game. So you never know, he might might keep us in it at times. Um, Would you play five at the back, says King, against City to try and deal with that, the immense attacking pressure they have? Yeah, I mean, I would I would be shocked if if the, there isn't a slight formation change um, coming from the the Norwich game into this because we just know the the contrast in quality and in particular, you know, Man City just look one of those teams that just make everything look so easy, don't they? And mm. we know that they can be at the back one minute and then within seconds they're they're putting pressure on the back line, they're creating chances, they're looking dangerous, having shots on goal, playing lovely balls through. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, for example, he's going to be uh, such a handful. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a formational change, especially, um, you know, a five at the back and in order to, like, as... as um, as that comment says, deal with the, the counter-attack a bit more um, and, and ca- catch them out on occasions as well. Um, so uh, I guess it just depends. Obviously, Arteta is not going to be in the dugout, but mm. what him and his backroom staff believe is, is going to be the best the best way of, of dealing with it because obviously if Tommy Asu's out, then that's, that's going to change personnel a little bit and who we, we're going to use. Um it might have to be a holding white Gabriel centre back um, uh, trio, and then obviously Tavares and and Tierney maybe on either either side. So um, it, it depends. Um, but of course, there's I think obviously getting formations right is one thing, and you know the personnel adding to that is another. Um, going for the strongest team as we possibly can, but. A lot of it is just going to be down to being switched on, being composed, keeping calm, even if they're putting pressure on us, which they will do an awful lot. They'll they'll probably enjoy quite a lot of possession, mm. um, and there will be there will be chances for us to get in the game. Absolutely, if Brentford can, Arsenal can, and uh, we've got some 
obviously some really exciting, talented players going forward who are in good form. Martin Odegaard, Gabriel Martinelli, Saka. We've even got Smith Rowe. Maybe he'll come into the mix. Got Lacazette, obviously, who's who's crucial to the build-up play and getting others involved around him. Um, the, the the absence of Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. I, I mean, with in the most respectful way and. I'm, I'm sure the majority of, of people listening, even UTC, probably agree with me here, but I think we've looked better without him in the team. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. Um, and, uh, you know, like, like I said, Lacazette in that centre-forward role, we know, obviously, his hold-up play is, is, you know, brilliant anyway, but um, his ability to get others involved, and we've seen that a lot more recently with him in the team, Gabriel Martinelli coming in. We know he's energetic. We know he likes to make dangerous runs and and pick people out. So, again, that's improved in recent weeks and that could play uh, a really important role against City. So, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I'm 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 worried for it. I can't lie. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be a, a really really tough task. But um, you never know. You you never know. No, uh, it's I'm just. Just before we wrap up, Chris, and I know that you're not going to be on uh, next couple of days until the game day, I don't think. So prediction, scoreline, very briefly, what are you going to go for? Uh, look, it would be wrong for me to to predict an Arsenal loss. Um, I think uh, <laughs> Hart tells me... <laughs> Hart, well, no, but Hart, Hart tells me Arsenal win. Head's telling me that it's, it's going to be a loss. But um, look, I don't want to be too negative. Let's... let's uh, Let's go 2-1 Arsenal. I love it. I mean, my head says 1-0 City. I can see it being like that game where Sterling scored that header and we just, mm. just from that moment, just weren't in things. Obviously, Arteta not being there is big. Um, yeah. And that, it shows kind of how important he's been. He is in the team with him not being there. Hopefully, hit the team that he's built and the, you know, the commitment that he's added to this side and the togetherness that they have carries them through and that will show through in his absence. But I... My head says 1-0 Man City. My heart says uh, somehow uh, a 2-1 win would be great. But yeah, uh, Dan says 4-0 City, unfortunately. Sean Pat says 4-2 City. Rance said 2-2. Graham says 2-1 City. Uh, Saludin says Arsenal 3-2 win. Love that. Hamish, uh, Hamish says 1-0 uh, to the Arsenal. Jonathan going for a 2-1. And Ming just pointing out that a draw would be a win for us. And I can't disagree. I would, if you said, I'll argue with that. If you said you could have a point, I've been snapping your arm off for it. I really would. Uh, there's nearly 200 of you guys watching in the chat box. So thank you so much for your continued support for the channel. On our way now to 7,000 subscribers. Please do, if you haven't done so already, subscribe. Uh, Mikel Arteta's press conference is, I think, tomorrow, Chris. Um, and so yeah, you'll be able so. to watch the press conference on the channel tomorrow once that is completed. So make sure you're subscribed to check that out. There'll be a reaction to the Man City game with myself. And I think, Chris, me and you will be doing that uh, reaction after the yeah. game on Saturday, which would be good. I think it's just me and you just coming a quick check of the schedule. It is indeed. So we'll be around to have a chat about the game afterwards. So make sure you're around for that too and drop a like on today's show if you haven't done so already. Chris, thank you so much, mate, as always. Thanks, Tom. Pleasure as always. And thank you to everyone who's, who's tuned in and got involved. Absolutely. We will see you tomorrow morning where I'll be joined, I believe, by Hush to go through all the latest ahead of the game against Manchester City and any updates on transfer news as well. On the last day of 2021, we made it. Let's hope for a much better 2022. See you very, very soon, guys. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,